You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. What a good day this is. About a year ago, I was studying my Bible. I came across something interesting. I found two references where Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Don't be ignorant of this. So I studied it out. I found ten more, ten, eight, eight more, a total of ten, where ignorance was, was talked about in Paul's writings, and Peter, Paul and Peter. Peter has two, Paul had eight. Don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. I knew he was talking to me. I have a high tolerance for ignorance in my life. <laughs> Find out if I don't know anything about it, I don't not have responsible for it, you know. So I tolerate a lot of ignorance in my life. Come on, look, I know what I'm talking about. If you're the, if you're the guy that knows it all, they come to you all the, all the time. I let it out that I, I interpret dreams. Man, everybody dreams every night. And they want me to interpret their dreams all the time. But the, I, I looked this up and I found ten things where it says I don't want you to be ignorant about these ten things. I want you to see what these these ten things are. Really strong things. It's things I, I teach a lot here. That I'm going to. Start you on this series of ten, the Ten Commandments of a- Ignorance. The Ten Commandments of Ignorance. And they, are, they begin with... Uh, I mean, I'll just read all ten of them to you. I'll give them all to you. There's, Be not ignorant of the necessity of believers being in reg- regular fellowship. Do not be ignorant of God's righteousness, number two, and how to receive it. Number three, be not ignorant of God's blessing on Israel to Israel to this day. Number four, do not be ignorant of the mandate for a holy living. Be not ignorant of the gifts of the Spirit. Be not ignorant of the fact that God does not bring you trouble. Be not ignorant of Satan's devices. Be not ignorant of the, of the rapture of the church and the resurrection. Number nine, be not ignorant of a young creation, that, that the earth is young. Number ten, be not ignorant of God's timetable. God has a timetable. I said God has a timetable. Father, let this word fall on good ears today. Let the seed fall into good soil today. Make your way, make our way prosperous by hearing this word and living this word. Help us not to be ignorant, Lord. We want to be knowledgeable Christians. As you put our your spirit in us, you gave us great experiences. We also need your your knowledge in us, so we can know how to spread this around in Jesus' name. 
Make us better citizens of the kingdom of heaven for your sake, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans 1, Romans 1, verse 11. He tells us not to be ignorant, ignorant of the fact that believers need to be in regular worship. He said, For I long to see you, that I may talk to the Romans, Paul speaking, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. To the end you may be established. He's writing to the Romans. He's not been there yet, hadn't been to, to the Romans. He found out there were Christians there, but there were no church established yet. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Now, I would not have you ignorant. Everybody say, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. Brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come to unto you, but was led hitherto. That means in the King James, that means I was, I was hindered up into this point. Led hitherto means hindered up into this point that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. It's God's will for you to know there's a necessity of being, being in regular fellowship. Paul wanted to be with his believers. He wanted to be with them, but he couldn't be because the devil hindered him. Hear me out. If Satan can hinder Paul, he can hinder you. He can't stop you, but he can hinder you. If he could stop you, none of us would ever make church ever. We'd never, we'd never be able to get here if he could stop us. He can hinder you. One way he does it gets you to decide on Sunday morning if you're going to church or not. Yeah. Let you decide on Sunday. You know when Miss Anna and I made up our minds we were going to be here this today? Yeah. 43 years ago. Amen. 43 years ago we decided we were going to be here today. Yeah. Amen. Come on. Amen. Come on. You have an impossible task ahead of you, and when you do, you don't want to go alone. Reaching the world is your is your responsibility. God said so. He gave us all the great commission to reach the whole world. You can't do that alone. You just can't do that all by yourself. Had to had to be in the company of others when you do that. I think about the golden plover, the bird. There's a bird about the size of a chicken called the Golden Plover. Lives in just two American states. You know where he lives? Alaska and Hawaii. They have six months in each place. Flies back and forth. Now, there's an interesting thing about this bird. He uh, is 4,500 miles between his two homes. 4,500 miles. The ornithologists tell us that this bird can store... 70 hours flight fuel. He, he, he gets, you know, gets real fat, gets his cheeks all fat, and he's all fattened up really thick. 70 hours worth of flight fuel. Problem is, it's a 90 hour flight. 90 hour flight it takes him to get there. But he makes it every year. How does he know? How does this bird know how to do that? He knows he has to go with others. They, they fly in V formation. And they create a draft. Yeah. Uplift come, comes off the wings of the bird in front of them. Creates a draft. And it, his gas mileage goes up. 
You know, like you get, you get behind that big truck on the highway, you know, he starts pulling you. Your gas mileage goes to 50 miles a gallon. That's what happens to the golden plover. He turns that flight fuel, 70 hours of flight fuel, into a 90-hour flight because he goes with the other plovers. He knows not to go alone. Church is your plover family. Thank you, Father. Other, other plovers. Other plovers sitting right here with, with you. Right here, right here. You find V formation. You, you notice when birds are flying south for the winter, you see they flying in V formation. There's always one side of that is longer than the other. You know why that is? More birds on that side. Anyway. I'm an oak and I know that. <laughs> if I have that plover out, on, out there on the point, he's really he's really crashing against that wind, you know. He's got a little blubber, sweat beads bowling up on his plover brow, you know. He's <laughs> Finally, he gets to take a break and fly back to the back. Number two goes to number one. Every successive bird down the line has an easier flight than the one before him. Plover number 15, he's getting a free ride to Hawaii, you know. Man, just... <laughs> but that's because they go together. You turn 70-hour flight fuel into a 90-hour flight. You have that possibility by being with other believers. That's why Jesus said, if two on earth agree, that's touching anything. They can do anything. They can do anything. 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 Anything's possible for two. Or three. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Got a high five somebody right now and say, that's good preaching right there. That's good. And the second thing he doesn't want us to be ignorant about is do not be ignorant of God's righteousness and how to receive it. This is where the church has fallen so flat. Telling people they got to do this, got to do that, got to do this, got to do that, got to do this, got to do that. Making up rules. I listed one time on Wednesday night and listed all the sins that the churches teach. My, my tradition, where I come from, I'll tell you, pretty strong. They had sins that weren't even in the Bible. It was harder to get in their church than it was to get in heaven. Can't dance. Dance is all over the Bible. Dance is a sin in, in this church. Making them up. One one church I, I attended some, I, I really didn't attend there very much, but I, my kids went to that school. They said bowling was a sin. I said, what verse is that? <laughs> Where, I never saw bowling as a sin. Others said wearing jewelry was a sin. Huh? Playing cards, playing cards is a sin. Gambling is a sin. You know, I say, really? Where, where does the Bible say all this? I'm not saying you should start gambling. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I just refuse to call it a sin if, if the Bible doesn't call it sin. Refuse to call it. Drinking a glass of wine is a sin. The Bible doesn't say that. Doesn't say that at all. I'm sorry, this doesn't say that. In fact. Very first, the very first miracle Jesus performed was making wine, yeah. made gallons of wine. Right. Yeah. Oh Jesus, what were you thinking? <laughs> didn't, you, didn't, didn't you know Okies were going to read this? 
<laughs> Romans 10, verse 2. Romans 10, 2. Mm. If I bear their, them record that they have a zeal of God. Aunt Miss Andy, you want to read for me, please? For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Not according to knowledge, okay. Romans 10, verse 3 now. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. He's talking about the Jews now. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Get this. Christ is the end of the law for everyone who believes for righteousness. He did not say that Christ was the end of the, of the law altogether. The end of the law for righteousness' sake. You cannot keep the law of God and be made righteous. So no law you keep. No, so if God's law won't make you righteous, no law will make you righteous. Here we go. For Moses describeth righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Oh, okay. So it tells us what righteousness is. First, it is not saying something. Righteousness does not say certain things. It does not beg Jesus to come help us all the time. Oh, Lord, if you could just come, show yourself to me. You've got to stop that. Stop that. He is in you. As a believer, he lives on the inside of you. He is with you right now. You don't have to have him come do something for you. He did enough. He did enough. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, reigning over in a finished work. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You don't understand. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that... No, you're in verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. So what does it say? But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, and in thy that is the word of faith which we The word is in you to say it. Say what God said. The word is in you and in your mouth and your heart. That means that that means you 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 are acting for God. He didn't need to act for you, you act for him. Amen. To have you what you need in this life. Amen. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's wonderful. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth of confession is made unto salvation. Okay, so righteousness is the thing of the heart. It's a faith issue. And you bring salvation to bear by speaking forth the Word of God. Speak forth the Word of God, and everything in you that, that is right inside your heart starts working on the outside, becoming right about your life in general. Amen. I uh, saw a news thing this morning about a couple of ladies from, from Tulsa woman named Tina Tina Ring and her daughter Ashley Lee they just refused to be victims 
ran, ran a liquor store up there in, in Tulsa. A guy came in to rob him. Did y'all see that? They pulled out guns and shot him. He fought him, they shot him again. He fought him, they shot him again. He's in the hospital now, dying, trying to trying to live. Then went back to work. And the, the, the news line said they refused to be victims. Yes. Refused to be victims. You don't have to be a victim. I'm not talking about shooting people. I'm talking about living victor, victorious in this life. You can fight back. You have a word in your mouth that's stronger than any bullets. Amen. Fight back. Fight back. Refuse to be a victim. You have a choice about being victimized. Amen. What's that confession? I'm the head, not the tail. Victors no longer victims. Amen. Glory to God. I uh, I got righteous one time and stayed that way. I got righteous one time and I stayed that way. When you get righteous, righteous by faith, you stay that way. You stay that way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I was saved and I walked away a little bit in my fellowship with God as a young young kid. But I never could get away from Him. He still was there all the time. Every time somebody said His name, I'd start weeping. I knew I wasn't right, but He was still right in me. I wasn't right in Him, but He was right in me. He comes to stay, folks. He did not come to leave you. He came to came, came to keep you. Yes. Because he's not, you're not trying to go to heaven. You're not trying to go to heaven. Stop trying to work to go to heaven. You just want to be with him. Wherever he is, that's where I want to be. Right now, he's in me. And I can't get away from him. Inviting him to come to my house, inviting him into my heart right now as a, as a believer, it's like inviting Miss Anne to her house. She's going to say, stupid, that's my house. I did not invite me to my house. It's my house, John. I let you live there. Yeah. <laughs> this, one, this one woman at her house is her house, you know. My, my, my grandkids all call it Nana's house. And that guy lives with her. That's where the kids sit. Just, how many women in here like that? They're all like that, I guess. But I, I have a, a story I like to tell about righteousness, what it means. If I can, if you can bear with this story, I've told you this one time about three years ago, I think. I was scrolling through the channels one night, you know, surfing. Come upon something interesting. There it was a basketball player who I, whom I loved. He, he played for the national championship and lost to Kansas. Mou. That year we played for the national championship in basketball and football and lost both games. He who chases two rats catches none. First time it had ever happened. Only time I think Oklahoma sent the basketball team and the football team to the national championship where we lost both times. Is that right, Greg? 86, was it, or something like that? 85? Something, something like that. But we had a center. We had a six foot, uh, 11, six foot 11 inch center named Stacy King. Played 
amazing ball player. He got drafted by the Chicago Bulls. And I saw him on the news after the game. He's all sweaty and standing there. And got a little little reporter here. She's got the microphone up in his face. Hey, Stacy, tell me about the game. He's standing there. He said, well, I always remember this is the night I teamed up with Michael Jordan to score 70 points. Now, listen, if you don't know anything about the NBA, in, that, in pro, pro basketball, if you, if you get 70 points out of two players, you win that game. You just win that game. If you, two players give you 70, 70 points, you win that game. It's, a, it's just a rule, unwritten rule, you know, but it just, that's just the way it works. You got two hot hands, you're going to win that game. That's why that, that team, that Chicago Bulls team, was so thrilling and so amazing because they had Scottie Pippen with, with Michael Jordan. They're always scoring 70 points between the two of them. But this night, Stacy said, I'll, remember, I'll always remember this as the night I, scored, I, I teamed up with Michael Jordan to score 70 points. I went, Yahoo, Stacy, that's awesome. But the game was over, so I went ahead and turned something else. The next day, somebody brought me the newspaper, a sports page, sports page, and it had it, had it in big, bold type. It says, Jordan scores 69 points against the Cavs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Stacy made a free shot. <laughs> Jordan scored 69 points, and Stacy made a free shot. He teamed up with Michael Jordan to score 70 points. Listen, now you know what it means to be saved by grace yes. through faith. Yes. It's a free shot. Your champion's already done all the work. Amen. Your champion Jesus has already did all the work for you. Just put in your one point of faith. Glory to God. Amen. Righteousness comes as a gift from God. You get it by believing. You don't get it by doing anything. You get it by believing. Amen. Number three. Third commandment of ignorance is be not ignorant of God's blessing on Israel to this day. God still blesses Israel to this day. He still loves Israel to this day. Romans eleven twenty five. Romans eleven twenty five says, Miss Anne. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. This is a mystery most of the church is ignorant of. Completely ignorant of God's hand on Israel to this day. It on Miss Anne. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. From Jacob, not from the world, from Jacob first. It on. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. Wow. Still to the, that's good enough. Still to this day, God sees Israel as His people. Today, right now, He did with, in Paul's time. He does in your time. If He did in Paul's time, He does in your time. You hear me? Yes. Yeah. God's elect. That's why we should always bless the Jews, bless Israel, do all we can to be a blessing to that that that, that nation and the, and its people. 
I have a few Jewish students who come to CFNI, and I, I prove to them that they're blessed, that they're special. You know how I do it? I give them money. Then, then a few days later, I show them what God, God, God gave me back. Yeah. I, did, I, I did it just the other day. I gave a girl $20. $20. She's a student. I said, every time I give a Jew money, I get money back. Amen. So I gave it to her. That day before I got out of there, somebody gave me $40. I didn't know that was coming. I gave her 20 got 40 back. That day. I, had a, I went to went to speak in a church in, in Grand Prairie one time about two years ago, three years ago. And the guy took up an offering for me and never gave me the money. I didn't get it that night. I didn't get it the next week. I didn't get it the next month. Didn't get it. Two months went by. Sif and I gives us students to help us with our work, you know, uh, scholarship students who have to work on the campus to make it, to pay for their scholarship. I got a scholarship student, a girl named Jenya. <laughs> Miss Ann laughs. She was, she was uh, a Jew from Russia and raised in an uh, Islamic culture. She's from a part of Russia where it's mostly Islamic, you know, Muslim. So that was her culture. I would walk in the room, she'd stand up. Every time I walk in the room, she'd stand up. I said, sit down. She said, no, I can't. My culture says, I have to stand when a man walks in the room. I said, you're not in your culture, honey. I should stand when you walk in the room. I, I had to teach her that. Anyway, but I, I did like I did like that Miss Ann from Hurston, you know, I did kinda of like it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I tried. I'm German. Uh, yeah, she's German. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> ain't gonna happen. Anyway. Uh, but she's Jewish. Born again Christian, Russian, Islamic culture. She had a class of cultures. She was at an intersection anyway. But she was Jewish by by birth. One day, uh, I gave her some money. Gave her forty forty dollars, just to bless her, because she was my student helper. You know, they can't make any money. I gave, her, I gave all of them a little bit of money, if they work for me especially. I gave her, gave her 40, $40, I think it was. That day, I got a card. Now I got a call from a pastor, the guy that I'd preached for two months before. That day, that afternoon, I got a call from him. He said, Pastor John, can I come see you? I said, I guess so. He said, I just realized I didn't give you any money when you preached for me. So I got your offering right here. I said, when did, it, when did it come to you? He said, this, this morning, right after I gave her that money. Yeah. I said, I'll be here all day. Yeah. <laughs> he came and bought me a $400 check. Wow. Yes. Amen. God, yes. God's hand is on Israel. I believe that. Yes. 
my heart. You can love them or you can hate them, but you cannot do away, away with them. They have to be remain a Jewish nation because God is going to use them to wrap, wrap, it, wrap it all up in the end times. Nineteen times that nation has been been tried to they've tried to annihilate them, tried to wipe them out. Nineteen different times throughout their history. Nineteen, how many times has that happened to you? None. Happened to the, to the Jewish nation nineteen times. Some king, some magistrate tried to wipe them out. On the end, at the end of time. The end of time, God's going to show the world how wrong they were. Read about it in the Revelation. It's not a good thing. That's why they have. That's why they have to keep their law. That's why they have to stay Jewish because God wants a nation to be there to be the nation that was there all along. Say that they were the same nation that He's defending when He comes back to take His vengeance upon them. Amen. The fourth thing is be not ignorant of the mandate for holy living. Amen. You're mandated a holy holy life because you can. You can live holy. You know why? Because you have a spirit in you. Your first name is Holy. The holy Spirit lives inside you. He recreated your spirit to make, make it completely holy. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with your spirit. Not one thing's wrong with your spirit except it needs to be grow, grown. Your spirit, man, is holy all the way through, the, through, all the way through and through. You can live holy. You don't have to have somebody run around telling you what sin is. Your heart can tell you. Your heart can tell you when you've done something wrong. Isn't that better? Isn't that better than having some preacher always barking at you about sin? I keep talking to you about, about, about the fact that you can live holy because the Spirit of God is in you. If we live in the Spirit, we can, we can walk in the Spirit too. If you live in the Spirit, you can walk in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, the Bible says you will not fulfill the lust of the, of the flesh. Amen. Walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I don't know how to walk in the Spirit, but walk in the Word. Walk, in, walk by speaking in other tongues. Walk in the Spirit by just thinking about God all the time. Keep your heart set on the things above, like, like the book says. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. It's, it's more difficult than, than some things. More difficult than being married to a German, but it's it's not that. <laughs> let's read let's read the verses, Miss Anne. First Corinthians ten one. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So he's telling us telling, telling us to walk by faith in holiness. That's what he's saying. You don't have to lust. Lust is a not always a sexual thing. It can be lust about anything. It just means desires. Strong desires can, can get you in debt in a big way. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. 
strong desires can get you in bad debt, which can stifle your Christian walk. You know what I mean? You can live above it if you don't let desire take over. Don't let lust take over. But most of us do pretty good for three days, four days, and then five days, and fall off the wagon, you know. I, uh, Brandon, come over here. Bring your wife with you. Come on, Lindsay. I want y'all to stand over here like, like we're getting married. You right there? Brandon, 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 Brandon. That's right. Y'all got married, didn't you? I tricked him into it. You tricked him into it? <laughs> when when you got married, did the preacher ask you, will you do this, will you do that, will you do this, will you do that? It's, it was one of the things we keep yourself only under her so long as you both still live. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is that good? Mm-hmm. Did you say the same, same thing to him? Yes, sir. Brandon, what if she had said, yeah, I'll do that, except on Friday night. Fridays wouldn't be good. What if she said, I have a standing standing date with Jerry on Friday night, so I don't want to give that up. I don't want to but you, but, but you have But you have me all the rest of the time. How would that be? Uh, that wouldn't be okay. That wouldn't be okay. What if she said, well, I cut my date short. I'll just do just three hours with Jerry on Friday night. That's all I mean. That's not going to work. That's a deal breaker. Yes, sir. How about how about I just talk to Jerry on the phone two hours on Friday night? Uh, yes, sir. Why, why not? No, I don't share. You don't share? <laughs> he didn't create her. He thinks he has a right to her full time. Why do you, why do you think God has a right to you? God has a right to you full time. Yeah. Full time. He created you. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you very much. Bless you, guys. Lindsay said, I love Jerry. <laughs> she loves, she loves, we can love him, but don't, don't be talking to him. <laughs> Holy living is full time. Amen. It's reasonable too. You see, it's reasonable. We think it's reasonable. We think it's reasonable that our our mates love us full full time, right? Yeah. Keep themselves only unto us. Number five. Number five commandment of ignorance is be not ignorant of the gifts of the spirit. Glory to God. Read that, Miss Hand. First Corinthians twelve one. Of the gifts of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. See, didn't want to be ignorant about this, but so many are so many are really ignorant about this. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. 
but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit of word, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> there are nine gifts of the Spirit listed here. Nine gifts, manifestations of the Spirit. I'm going to give it to you in three groups of three. Okay? Three groups of three atoms of peace. First group is the communication gifts. Communication gifts are prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Next, next gift grouping is the revelation gifts. It's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. And the power gifts, the gift of faith, gift of healings, working of miracles. Three atoms each. These ought to be active in the church. They're active in this church. Should be active in our lives everywhere. Yeah. It's not, not miraculous, really, to have these working in you. It seems miraculous, but it's really not. Remember, the Bible says that Jesus worked the first miracle was what? Turning the water into wine, right? John 2. But John chapter 1, he discerned who, who Nathaniel was. He said, I saw you under the, under the fig tree when, when, when uh, who called him? Uh, Andrew, I guess. When he, when he called you uh, from under the fig tree, I saw you. Yeah. Nathaniel said, sir, you are the son of God. Because he, he saw him in, in advance. He discerned who he was, saw him in advance as a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, something. And an amazing thing there, they did not call that a miracle. That's, that's just a normal, spirit-filled life. That's how you're supposed to live. With these gifts operating in you, you know what I mean? These gifts operating in you, you know things other people do not know. You discern things that others do not, do not see. Communication gifts, revelation gifts, and power gifts. I want these active in this church more. They're here. Uh, you get them. You get them when the leaders come down and pray for you. Somebody, somebody got a word today. Who got a, who got a word today from, from these leaders down here? You got a word. Okay. He got a word. You did. Yeah, you went down to the floor. You went down. Wow. Amy, I needed it, she said. Okay, the gifts of the Spirit are for you. And for the church, all nine gifts are for the church. Everybody can speak in tongues. I said everybody can speak in tongues. It's not mandated that everybody speaks in tongues, but everybody can speak in tongues. They, 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 they try to tell us that it's out of order for us to speak in tongues. I can prove it with the Word of God. I will, if you need me to do that, I will, I will do that for you. I'll show you where everybody can speak in tongues in the Bible. It says we, it says we can. We should. Amen. 
It's for you. It's a blessing for you. It's not something scary. Not something something weird. It's something strange, but it's not weird. It's scary. It's not. I mean, it's scary if you've been taught against it, been taught as evil or something. But it, it, when you hear it, you hear it, and you hadn't been taught against it. It's 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 wonderful. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. Now we turn to the number six. Number six. I need I need to stop right here, don't I? No. Okay, I'll give you one more. Be not ignorant of the fact that God does not bring you trouble. Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians one eight. Read that, Miss Ann. You'll like this. For we would not have, we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. I've been there. You've been there. Spared of life because of the trouble of, in your life. In verse 9. But we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. Amen. Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. That's good enough. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, of the trouble that God did not bring. God is one that delivered him out, not bring him into it. Hear me. God is on your side. He never brings trouble to you. God has the answer for your way out, not your way in. Right. Amen. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We call it an abusive father that does that to his kids. God cannot do that to, to you. He cannot abuse you, give you diseases he does not have. He doesn't have any disease boxes laying around in heaven to give you. Where's he going to get a disease like that to give you? He doesn't have it. God cannot give you anything he does not have. He has health. That's what he gives you. He has blessings. That's what he gives you. He has prosperity. That's what he gives you. Amen. He does not, does not bring trouble. God is your deliverer. He is the one who brings you out of trouble. Often the reason because for the church not... Uh, not knowing this, being ignorant of this thing, is because of number seven, which I'll talk about next week. Number seven is a big one about the devil's devices. But God brings you out of trouble. He doesn't take you in. He's on your side. Genesis chapter eight tells Genesis chapter eighteen tells us an amazing story about Abraham and, and Lot. And Lot was in Sodom, you know. And God, God reveals to Abraham he's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham says to God, "Will you destroy the righteous with with the wicked? Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? That be far from thee," he said to God. Listen, Abraham said this to God, "That be far from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right?" Abraham telling God what's right and wrong. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Meaning it would be wrong to destroy the wicked, the righteous with the wicked. That's why God cannot send hurricanes to get at the wicked. Too many righteous in the city. Amen. He's on our side. He loves you. He's on the holler side of no. Amen.
I'm fighting the fight of faith right now. And God is on my side. Amen. Amen. Often the reason for this misunderstanding I wrote here is because of the number seven. They don't never never nobody ever talks about the devil and his and his devices. We're gonna talk about it next week. All right. You you come back next week? All right. Thank you, Father, for this word today. In Jesus' name, I praise you, Father, for the power of the word and for teaching us not to be ignorant, telling us, telling us the things we need to be knowledgeable of. Thank you, Father, for these here gathered here, especially these visitors, Father. Bless them in Jesus' name as Pastor Casey comes. Amen.